This episode of Insights is brought to you by MNP Digital, a firm that guides, protects, and empowers organizations along their digital journey. See how at mnpdigital.ca. Welcome to this edition of the Insights Podcast on the Huddle Network. I'm Don Mills. And I'm David Campbell. David, we had a very interesting conversation with Jean-Paul Boudreau, the uh, president of Mount Allison University. This is our first uh, podcast with a university president. Uh, I think it's a good place to start, too, because universities like Mount Allison play a disproportionate the important role in the communities in which they reside. You know, not only are they the largest uh, employer, but they, you know, they have a special relationship with the community that goes beyond, um, you know, universities and larger communities. And that's a really interesting story, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Particularly in this case, because the university directly employs about a quarter of the workforce. And then, of course, the employment income would cover a big chunk of the rest of it. So it's very, very interdependent, the the town of Sackville and the university. Uh, and I think that's a positive relationship, unlike, you know, let's say a big pulp mill or something that might actually be gone at some point in the future. You know, this university has been around for, I think he said it was founded in 1839. So it's not likely going anywhere anytime soon. No. And, you know, we talked about the, the number of uh, people employed uh, over 500 with a payroll of over $80 million in a small community, a community, by the way, that is growing actually quite rapidly in the last census. Uh, uh, maybe is it the fastest growing community or among the fastest in New Brunswick? Yeah. Among towns and cities, it's the fast, it was the fastest growing in the province between 2016 and 2021. So yeah, very fast growing community. The other thing that we uh, we talked a little bit about is uh, Mount A is part of a four university consortium called the Maple League that includes my alma mater, Bishop's University, um, Acadia, and St. Francis Xavier, all in smaller communities, all liberal arts uh, universities, all with relatively small enrollments. But they have uh, developed a special collaboration, which actually makes them stronger together. And uh, many people probably don't understand about that relationship, but I, I thought it's worth highlighting that the, that post-secondary institutions would come together um, uh, to the benefit of uh, the group as well as their in individual institutions. Yeah, and that it, well, the other big thing I thought that came out of that interview was the fact that they're doubling down on physical space and place, what he called the immersive experience. So as as more and more post-secondary education moves online. You know, they're doubling down, investing in their libraries and other, you know, their residences and other on-campus buildings. And I, I believe there is a future. You cannot replicate the kind of learning you get in a classroom environment and the interaction between student and teachers. You can't replicate that online. So I do appreciate that uh, the kind of investments they're going to be making in the coming years to strengthen the uh, immersive experience on campus. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I echo that the importance of that kind of experience. I, in fact, I, I felt my own experience at a small liberal uh, university uh, was not just just in the classroom, but it was in the community, and the relationships, mostly residential, uh, you know, uh, community, uh, deep relationships. Uh, you know, I, I literally ended up meeting hundreds of people, not not a few people. Uh, it was really a tight community, and that uh, that really, uh, you know, that re was really important in the formation of my my personality, I think. And um, and, and it's not you know, only the small universities, I think, can actually achieve that kind of intimacy, don't you think? Yeah, I think there's a there's, that is one of the things that differentiates them from the large uh, universities for sure. So uh, we also talked about a, a number of uh, interesting things, uh, including the, the work uh, to um, uh, support on, uh, entrepreneurism, um, their the, the role in, in attracting and retaining uh, population um, to the province and the region, which is something I think this, that universities uh, are, and, and, even, and, and colleges are now, I think, being recognized more and more as important to the whole population growth strategy that uh, is on the agenda everywhere in the land of Canada. It's a perfect conduit for immigration. 
you, the international students come here, they get a Canadian education and then they graduate and, and are immediately into the community. So I, I, yeah, I see a, an increasing role for both the colleges and the universities across this region to help us rebuild our population and workforce in the years ahead. So this is not, this will not be the last uh, um, podcast that we do uh, with universities, but it's a good, very good place to, to start the conversation of the important role that uh, universities and indeed the whole post-secondary sector are playing in the economies uh, across Atlantic Canada. So with that brief introduction, here's our conversation with Jean-Paul Boudreau. Welcome to the podcast, Jean-Paul. Great to be here uh, very much. Thank you, David. Thank you, Don. And uh, look forward to our conversation today. Yeah, so we always like to start by finding out a bit about our guests. You became the uh, 15th president and vice chancellor of Mount A in July 2018. Can you tell us about your career path that has led you to your current role? Sure. Well, I'm a proud New Brunswicker and Acadian born in the northern part of the province. But I grew up in Moncton, uh, where I attended uh, Lady, Dr. Lady Bernice McNaughton High School. I went on to study at the University of New Brunswick in Fredericton, Laurentian University in Sudbury, and went on to pursue my doctoral studies at uh, Tufts University in Boston. Mm-hmm. I held my first academic post at UPEI, where I was for eight years. And from there, I moved on to Toronto to take a position at Ryerson University, now known as Metropolitan University of Toronto, of course where I was for 15 years at uh, Ryerson. Uh, My path along the way has involved psychology, child development, several leadership roles uh, in university administration, uh, including social innovation. And of course, in 2018, the Maritimes called me home and I've been privileged uh, to be at this very special university ever since in what I like to refer to as the role of CEO of optimism. (laughs) I like that. <clears throat> Mount Allison University plays a, an important economic role, not just within the town of Sackville, obviously, but across the southern, southeastern part of New Brunswick and, and the province overall. Um, has the university ever conducted an economic impact of its contributions to the economy in the region, Jean-Paul? Well, Don, great question. Thank you. I think first it's important to situate Mount Allison University as New Brunswick's rural university. And rural university uh, and rural university in Canada, I think, matters greatly, especially coming out of the pandemic context. I think the position of Mount Allison uh, really allows us a great uh, vantage point to focus on rural economic development, fostering uh, uh, entrepreneurial thinking, uh, both on campus, uh, in the classroom, in the labs, in the community. But uh, certainly, when I think of entrepreneurial thinking, I I don't just talk about it from the context of business. I'm really talking about it across all disciplines. Now, to your key question, no, there's been no formal uh, economic impact undertaken at Mount Allison. But of course, we do really value the impact, uh, the, the ability to communicate with our partners, with our government partners in particular, of course. And, uh, you know, let me highlight just a few key points as to how we have that conversation and in light of not having a formal um, impact study. Uh, you know, rural economy, rural development is very much part of the DNA at Mount Ellis University. Um, we, are, we are a significant employer, obviously, in this region. Uh, we have a number of small, medium enterprises that I think have really made a huge impact uh, from AIL with Mike Wilson to John Lafford's development group, for example. Uh, I think we're a really good example of a successful rural-based enterprise as a university. Um, We are the leading rural university in the province. We recruit students uh, and faculty and staff uh, from the region. 75% of our donors to this university come from outside of New Brunswick. uh, And well over 50% of the funds that we've raised in the past 10 years uh, have come from outside of NB. And as I like to remind government, uh, Don, uh, those are net new dollars to this university. Uh, Our researchers are making a huge impact as well with regards to research uh, from the environment to social justice issues to uh, a really strong uh, commentary on place and culture. We also collaborate with our uh, colleagues across across the province, across the country. And the globe, our students are involved in so many different aspects of our community, from volunteerism to sports to seniors' homes, 
you know, students, 2,000 plus students in a rural community like Sackville makes a really huge difference. So without a formal study in hand, uh, we've not been disadvantaged by not having a formal study. Uh, we have a very good uh, relationship with all levels, all orders of government, and uh, we enjoy a very nimble two-way partnership. And uh, financial stability, uh, finally, I would say, is key to our institution. Uh, we are a public university. We have to use our public funds wisely. Uh, we have no long-term debt at Mount Austin University. That's a long-standing fact. Um, and most of the past, uh, for over the past 30 years, uh, we've uh, been able to operate with a balanced budget. Uh, and whenever we do have a operating deficit, uh, we build plans to recoup that in the short term. So I, I, I don't think most people understand the important role that the university plays as an exporter. We, when we think about exports, we think about fish, we think about forest products, and that's all good. Uh, but when you're bringing uh, tuition in, students coming into the province or research dollars in or don donor dollars in, that's an export industry. And it's one that I've been trying to make the point. It's a service industry, but it's a very, very important high value export industry. So thanks for highlighting that. Um, we were talking in the pre-interview about the fact that the town of Sackville has been growing very fast. It's the fastest growing town in the province. And in fact, one of the fastest across Atlantic Canada in the last five years, uh, the university is key there as a major employer. Can you tell us how many jobs the university uh, has uh, in the town of Sackville? How many people do you employ? Thanks, uh, David. Uh, that's a great question. And uh, we're very proud to talk about our um, employment uh, contributions to this town and to the Tantramar region. We are the biggest employer in the area, obviously. 546 employees, faculty and staff uh, all in. That varies a bit year to year, of course, about 76 full-time, 70 part-time um, uh, faculty and staff. Um, but if you add on top of that, David, 662 student jobs in the academic year 2021, for example, and that number increases each and every year. Uh, the university spends more than a million dollars annually on student wages. Uh, student employment generally is key. And uh, of course, that goes through research assistantships. And again, as you mentioned in your, your question, that's not often captured. And I think it's crucial to really capture the uh, impact. We also have students involved in what we call uh, experiential learning or EXPL uh, for your podcast listeners. Uh, we use a lot of acronyms and abbreviations in universities. Of course, um, our students are making a difference in the community, in local businesses. Um, so, for example, even coming out of the pandemic, we've had 189 students in internships in the fall, winter and spring 21-22. I think that's a pretty impressive number when you consider that, uh, you know, the pandemic, uh, many people thought uh, would, would shut things down. Uh, quite the opposite. There's also, as you may know, uh, a program called Future NB, Future Wabanaki. And this is a great example of uh, putting students in the community, putting students in employment-based opportunities. And uh, I have the privilege of serving uh, as a co-chair of a provincial uh, roundtable, strategic table, uh, with uh, Janice Mead-Atletten, uh, who's the vice president at RBC. And uh, we're uh, in the business of really trying to get more students involved uh, in the um, workspace. So, when, for example, if I may, 2018, we had 257 employers uh, engaged across uh, four public universities. In 2022, we've moved that up to 650 New Brunswick employers connecting with over 11,500 students. That's through K through 12 colleges and universities. So as a university or post-secondary sector, the PSE, we make a big difference. And so when you think about employment, you can also think about that in direct employment as well, which is a key contributor. So yeah, universities play a major role uh, in the financial health of the province and for us. And I think it's a major boost for rural economic development. Can you give us a rough estimate of your payroll? Uh, we, uh, we're all together in, as a university, uh, we're an, an $80 million uh, operation. And so that, there's a lot of, uh, that's all, 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 co all components in, um, in terms of the um, contributions from the, uh, all sources. Uh, of that, that's total revenues, approximately $80 million, all sources. Of that $80 million, uh, David, 30% of that is a provincial 
government grant, 30% uh, is uh, student tuition, 20% comes from other, other sources, conferences, bookstore, non-government research grants. 10% uh, comes from residence, food services, and another 10% uh, through the university endowment. So uh, it's a big operation, um, and I think that's big for a small town in rural New Brunswick. Can you give us a sense of how much your sort of expenditures on businesses are, like uh, in the in the community? Have a rough estimate of how much you spend for goods and services in Sackville and the area. Uh, it, it's difficult to capture, uh, David, just the, the, the to quantify the local expenditures per se. But again, largest employer in Sackville, majority of our faculty and staff living in the local area. That includes, of course, Amherst, Moncton, Dieppe, Amram Cook, Port Elgin. Uh, 2,300 students, local landlords, services, uh, local businesses, grocery, retail, service industry, restaurants. If you walk across campus today, um, which I did this morning, uh, you'll see a number of renovation projects going on our campus, building projects, renovation projects. You'll see a number of deliveries, goods and services. Um, that is a lot of contributions from the local community. Again, that brings in uh, dollars to the university. We also put on, as you know, uh, convocation, alumni reunion events, we have sports, music, theater, summer conferences, summer camps. These all raise, I think, important uh, not just impact, but they bring uh, dollars and people to this area. And, you know, I've been a community-minded uh, president of this university. I believe that community matters, as anyone can, as you can probably tell from our conversation today. Uh, I'm very passionate about this, and I think a university has an obligation to be uh, community-minded and to be a community builder, and we do that through a myriad of ways. So I was going to ask you about your income tax bill or how much income tax is generated, but I suspect that's a difficult number. I can estimate it for us because I've done this kind of research before. I suspect your income tax bill is somewhere around 15 to 20 million if you include indirect effects. So it's certainly a major contributor to the tax base here in New Brunswick, and, uh, and we appreciate that. So I'll turn it back, uh, turn it back to Don. Yeah, very quickly, I would say in 2021, David, uh, we did remit $8.6 million uh, to the CRA. That's in one year. So I think your number is bang on. As a graduate of Bishop's University, I have to know that uh, Mount A is part of the Maple League. It's called Maple League, isn't it? And uh, it is. Which is a consortium of four uh, smaller liberal arts universities, including Bishop's, uh, St. Francis Xavier, Mount A, and there's one other um that I can't remember off the top of my head. So it's Acadia Bishops. Okay, sorry, thank you. Not Allison Cedarbrex. Yeah, so each one of them are in a similar situation in small communities with smaller enrollments. You you mentioned your enrollment uh, uh, it was about two thousand students. Can you break us down? Break that uh, student uh, body down in terms of the percentage that comes from outside the province of New Brunswick, for instance. Thanks, Don. Uh, yeah, thanks for highlighting the Maple League of Universities. Uh, we're very proud of that relationship, and uh, it's great to have you as a uh, alum from uh, <laughs> that's right, I'm an excellent alum, really. universities, <laughs> from bishops. Uh, approximately, uh, we are approximately twenty three hundred uh, full time students. We've seen steady growth uh, in that number, uh, between three to four percent over the past four years. And I highlight that number because um, the pandemic, everyone predicted uh, colossal uh, uh, losses of students, and uh, we've seen growth in enrollment. So we're incredibly proud of that, and I think that's great for the province of New Brunswick. It's certainly great for our region here. On average, to your question, Don, about 40% of our students have come from the great province of New Brunswick. Uh, so in 2021, for example, we had 985 students out of the population of, of the student body at that time. Officially, it was 2273. 60%, therefore, come from outside the province of New Brunswick. And that is a number that uh, we are very proud of because we're bringing net new people to this province and the opportunity to retain them in the province, I think speaks very much to uh, growth and population growth, which is an important uh, principle for the, our government, important for Canada, but very important for Atlantic Canada. Uh, the international makeup uh, is about 10, 12% in our last uh, year of the student population. That represents, Don, about uh, over 50 plus countries here in Sackville, New Brunswick. And I think it's a really a huge point of pride. We are bringing the world 
to Southeast New Brunswick uh, through international student recruitment. So I'm fond of saying to students, um, you have it all right here. You have the whole world right here in one place and you can access uh, almost uh, you know any country in the world by just walking down the street or going up uh, one floor in your residence on campus. So uh, yeah, it's about a 40% in New Brunswick, 60% outside or ROC or rest of Canada, as we say, um, but it's, um, an important uh, contribution to uh, to the province and to the region. Well, we want to just focus a, a little bit on the international component. Uh, you know, David and I have talked about this in the past, the importance that uh, role that uh, post-secondary institutions uh, like Mount A play in uh, attracting and retaining uh, immigrants to our region. And it, uh, it's been a growing uh, part of uh, post-secondary education for a while. Maybe you can talk about maybe a little bit, uh, you already talked about the impact on of the pandemic on enrollment. It actually hasn't seemed to hurt too much, but what, are you, what trends are you seeing, uh, especially on the international side? Well, uh, international students are interested in Canada. Canada is a very important destination uh, around the world uh, for students to come and pursue their studies. And we've got, uh, you know, close to 100 universities in Canada, public universities that uh, make, a, make a huge impact on international student development. Uh, our international students uh, come here. They uh, love the small town. They love that experience of being in a place that is intimate, connected, um, and um, where you can be seen to make a difference. And so, you know, our students are the future thought leaders, change makers of tomorrow. And uh, international students are very attracted uh, to the opportunity. I mentioned uh, EXPL or experiential learning opportunities for students to uh, to build uh, entrepreneurial uh, projects, uh, to connect with the community, to connect uh, their passion, their subject matter passion, but also with their community engagement. So. We have a number of international students who have built, um, you know, projects, uh, small businesses, for example, uh, partnerships in the community, uh, including the Greater Moncton area, of course, which we are a member of and part of. Uh, so the international students, uh, we really want to build that relationship because if you build it early, they will stay. And that is key. And that's why I think future NB, uh, future Fusion of Brunswick and future Wabanaki is key. Get students opportunities for employment early on. And the probability of staying here in the, the great province of New Brunswick is very high. I, I just want to come back briefly to the Maple League for a second, because people may not realize the benefits of uh, having four uh, smaller uh, liberal arts uh, universities working together. I think one of the things, if I am correct, that uh, all the universities benefit is access to each other's courses. Is that right? So the Maple League, of course, is a, is a great consortium of liberal arts uh, universities uh, in three provinces, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Quebec. And that includes, of course, uh, Mount Allison, St. of X, uh, Katie, and Bishops. And so certainly uh, the opportunity to share things together and certainly course platform uh, sharing has been a key part of that relationship. And, uh, you know, doing things uh, together that we can't do so easily alone has been kind of part of our kind of raison d'etre, if you will. And the pandemic has been, uh, I think, has allowed us to I think, accelerate that relationship. And uh, again, there are, if you look across the country, there are very few uh, liberal arts universities, the makeup of our four schools, hence that collaboration. And, and I think it speaks to the fact that, um, you know, students today want to have an experience across disciplines and the opportunity to come to one of our four institutions and to have access to the other three. I think is a value-added proposition for today's students. And um, I think employers uh, are very interested in the kinds of multiplicity of skills that students gain from coming uh, to Mount Allison or a Bishops or a Katie or St. of X. Well, it, it makes you all a little bit bigger in terms of content, doesn't it? It makes us a little bit bigger, but we're all still, of course, very proud of our independence and, um, <laughs> of and what we, we do as uh, separate uh, institutions, And uh, but, it, but it works very well. Jean-Paul, we want to talk to you a little bit about, about fundraising. We, you talked earlier about your breakdown of where your budget came from, and you said that you don't have any long-term debt. Um, the question here is, what are you looking at now in terms of new infrastructure priorities or new uh, capital investments? Uh, and uh, and what are your, what, what's your focus uh, in that area? Matt Allison has a history of, 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 uh, of being able to raise uh, uh, capital. 
and do these fundraising campaigns, but what's your specific infrastructure priorities these days? Yeah, great, great question, David. Uh, like all universities, uh, you know, fundraising and capital campaigns are, are key and infrastructure is a very important part of that. Of course, it's uh, not lost on, on, on me that uh, as an institution that's been here for 183 years, um, that means that our infrastructure uh, is not always brand new. And so therefore you have some challenges with aging infrastructure, accessibility and so forth. Um, and, you know, Mount Allison is certainly uh, looking to address that uh, infrastructure gap. Uh, we're working with all uh, orders of government to address that as well. Uh, I would say that space matters, uh, David. It matters a lot for um, our students. And um, there needs to be space for, uh, for students, for faculty, for staff, for research, for innovative thinking, for collaboration, for problem solving, for building career readiness students for tomorrow. And uh, I think today's students need a different kind of infrastructure. We teach and we learn in different ways than we did 5, 10, 25 years ago. And I think the pandemic has really shone a bright light on the importance of thinking differently about communication, thinking differently about their learning environment, thinking differently about the classroom. Um, so, you know, we are looking very closely at our infrastructure, and I think this is really important, and I know that all my colleagues across all the public universities in Canada are looking very closely and thinking about what is the right size, what is the right fit for the campus. We have $100 million in infrastructure projects uh, on our campus. This includes projects currently underway, um, and some are in the planning stages. So, for example, uh, $5.5 million renovation uh, just started a month ago on campus for the Athletic um, Center, uh, which is an uh, uh, important facility. Uh, if you think of a student uh, population, we're very proud of the fact that uh, we have a very, very high percentage of our students who come here to be student athletes. Uh, over 12% of our students, if you include um, other uh, club sports and organized sports, it's over 28% of our student body. That means athletic facilities matters for our students, for the community as well, because we have a great partnership with the town of Sackville with regards to our facilities. Uh, we're also renovating a, one of our residences. As you know, we have a strong residence-based population at Mount Allison. Harper Hall is one of our oldest and largest residences. It'll be taken offline for uh, a couple of cycles to, to bring that up to, up to today's uh, uh, standards for, for students. Uh, we're doing some renovation around the University Chapel. Uh, all of our projects take, uh, of course, accessibility, energy efficiency in mind. We are also looking, uh, since 2016, we've done to 2016 to 2021, $33 million in renewal space upgrades uh, and for the campus. You know, the Mount Allison University, as you know, has been built on philanthropy. Uh, and as you mentioned in your question, uh, philanthropy matters to this institution. And we've done very well. Again, past 10 years, um, uh, we brought in $72 million um, from uh, outside the region. That's 50% of all funds raised during that time. Uh, we are uh, taking on uh, next big uh, plan project. Uh, is, we're in the, uh, is around a reimagined library and archives. Um, uh, it'll be the hub for innovation and learning. This will be the largest capital project in the university's history. Uh, this is going to be center. It is centered to campus, uh, central to the academic mission, teaching and research, uh, yet also will be an uh, opportunity for a community of learners, students, faculty, staff to focus on uh, new ways of learning, new ways of teaching, uh, entrepreneurship development as well, space for incubation, uh, startups uh, for today's students, tomorrow's students. So we have some very exciting uh, projects uh, on the infrastructure side and it's a very important part of our university. Just a quick follow-up on that, uh, Jean-Paul. Is Does that mean you think that place still matters when it comes to universities? There's a lot of talk about online learning now and doing a lot of things remotely and not requiring young people to come to physical campuses. So I, I, I take it from all of that investment, uh, you, that's not your vision at uh, Mount Allison? Uh, nope, you're right, uh, David. Uh, place matters, space matters, uh, and I would say the immersive experience of university matters. 
And being here on campus, we have a proud history of students working in the labs, in the community, in the library, in the archives, in the world. And it is about an immersive experience. We talked very briefly about the pandemic. Many institutions were closing down. We uh, never closed. Mount Allison has been open for business throughout the pandemic. And I think we shut down just for a few days to kind of do a quick recalibration. But hats off to our awesome faculty and staff who helped to pivot, uh, to use an often phrased, uh, overused term perhaps, to pivot uh, to the pandemic. But our faculty and staff really, really did an amazing job, in my view, to kind of uh, step up and create an online learning platform for students. But we also built in both uh, opportunities for in-person and online and that hybridity uh, I think uh, really, really helped to create and to maintain that important immersive experience. We are a residential-based university, and place matters. Being in Sackville is uh, something you cannot replace by an online uh, tool. Again, we use the online tools during the pandemic, and we will continue to evolve and improve upon that, of course, going forward. But being here in place was, was really important. We have international students who are here who really desperately want to get to Sackville and uh, had challenges, of course, around visa issues, uh, as you know. But once they got here, uh, the opportunity to connect with students, not just in the classroom or lab in the community, but with each other. And that's where place really matters in a uh, small community like Sackville. And uh, I think it's uh, part of the richness of the rural community that we have in this province. I should add, it's it's the big advantage of the small universities too. Uh, the intimacy of um, the community and the relationship building that goes on is really quite extraordinary, based on my own personal experience at least. Uh, we understand that the university is currently planning its next capital uh, campaign. Can you tell us a little bit about that campaign and maybe what the focus of it is, uh, maybe uh, what the target might be? Sure. Thanks, Don. Uh, good question. As I mentioned, you know, uh, uh, our founder, you know, Mr. Allison, uh, this institution was founded on philanthropy, and I remind people of the importance of that. It really is kind of the, the heart and soul of this institution. As you know, we, we are in a quiet phase, as it's called, uh, mm-hmm. campaign uh, for the next uh, capital campaign for the university. The prior one we had um, was uh, uh, what was called the Jump Campaign. Uh, our goal at that time, Don, was to raise 80 million dollars uh, in 10 years we reached 96 million in eight years wow. uh, the goal for this current campaign uh, has not been finalized yet but it will be significantly above the amount raised in the last campaign and uh, it's going to provide a huge lift uh, from out allison for the uh, southeast region of new brunswick and uh, you know that we've already talked in some of the other questions don a bit about some of the components certainly a key part will be that uh, capital project around the reimagined uh, library, uh, looking forward to uh, really innovating uh, that space for the entire. This is a university project for all faculty, staff, and students. It'll be the hub. It is the hub of the campus. But we're also going to add, of course, Don in the campaign financial aid uh, for our students. Our goal is to double the number of full-time scholarships, uh, double the amount of bursary dollars available, increase funds, uh, particularly to upper-year students. We're also really focused on what we call the Mount Alice Signature Experience. It is part of that immersive experience we talked uh, about earlier, but new academic programming, access to experts, uh, visiting scholars, paid internships, experiential learning, student support, and uh, of course, a very strong, important, and passionate focus on uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion, including uh, Indigenous uh, education for our students. We're very proud of having close to 100 Indigenous students at Mount Allison, and um, we have a new Elders and Residence program Uh, The opportunity to make a difference here on the unceded territory of the Mi'kmaq people is important uh, to this uh, community. I want to talk a little bit about the trends in uh, student recruitment. Uh, David and I know for a long time that the population of students from Atlantic Canada was in decline. It might actually start to reverse with population growth, but obviously universities have to look outside this region to recruit, been very successful in that. And now um, the uh, trend for more and more international students has, has picked up quite a bit of steam. I forget what the last numbers were, but they're, they're over 10,000, I think, in the region overall. Can you tell me what you're seeing on the ground in terms of your ability to recruit, especially outside the region? 
Yeah, no, thanks for the question. And uh, of course, it's uh, it's near and dear to my heart. That is, uh, given that we bring in uh, over 60% of the students are from outside the region. So clearly a strong focus uh, to on recruitment. And we have an amazing uh, recruitment admissions team who tell the story really well about Mount Allison. And uh, I also enjoy having the opportunity to meet with um, parents, students, prospective students uh, to come to Mount Allison through a number of different ways. Of course, the pandemic, uh, Dawn, has really kind of shifted uh, how the PSC, the post-secondary sector has thought about recruitment. Um, you know, the, the coming in and having an open house in person was not possible for the past two years. So we had to shift our focus to more online uh, you know, opportunities for recruitment. But I think we've really re-emphasized uh, recruiting in the province in particular because as there were travel restrictions for people, we were really able to attract uh, even more students from New Brunswick and Nova Scotia and PEI and Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, so that has uh, been able to really kind of, I think, add an additional focus. So we will, of course, go back to some of our traditional ways of recruitment. But I think what we've learned during the pandemic has given us access to uh, even increasing opportunities for our markets outside of NB. You know, campus tours, uh, you know, we when we bring students to Mount Allison, um, you know, the place uh, does a really good job selling itself. It's a beautiful campus, as you know. And we did during the pandemic uh, virtual tours. We, we, uh, we had uh, special tours of residence rooms. This is what your room will look like. So we actually took students as much as we could into the different uh, facilities. Um, and that has made an uh, important difference. Me, Mount Allison has a, a very strong reputation, generally and academically. Uh, that has been very positive. But there's a slightly lower awareness um, uh, in some of the smaller parts of the country and even some of the parts of our region. So there has been a challenge there in terms of recruitment. But I, I really, uh, we're looking at uh, incoming class for this year that will probably be one of our highest uh, in the history of our university. So we're, we're, we're quite excited about the fact that we put a, a strong focus on recruitment during the pandemic, and uh, we're seeing the dividends of that uh, pay off. As we talked about just earlier, universities are really being recognized for their critical role in attracting and retaining newcomers to the region and supporting population growth, uh, the population growth agenda across Atlantic Canada. Can, can you tell us a little bit about your specific efforts to recruit from uh, I guess, offshore. Are, are there specific targets that you have or initiatives that you're doing to try to increase your share of the international market? Yeah, it's important. I mean, clearly, uh, you know, it's no surprise. Uh, we know that, uh, you know, the trend is not our friend in Atlantic Canada with regards to demographics in terms of the student age population, uh, students who would be recruited to universities. Uh, so the focus of all universities has been to really shine a bright light on the opportunity to bring international students and to expose our great country, our great region, our great province um, to uh, students from around the globe. So again, uh, we, we, of course, again, close to 12% of our enrollment is that offshore international students. And um, that's a significant number. We are, we are growing that. We wish to grow that. Uh, but we want to grow that, Don, in a way that's appropriate, that's right-sized for our institution. Uh, I think we've all seen examples across the, the country and the world where uh, where you don't have a right size, um, then you, you run into some challenges uh, that uh, could create some around some geopolitical issues. So um, we are very careful about uh, ensuring that we have the right mix uh, of uh, international students and, uh, again, with a strong uh, connection to uh, New Brunswick and the region. Uh, you know, frankly, I think it's our, our responsibility as a publicly funded university to help bring more people to the province. I take that uh, very seriously, and I, I think that's a very important part of what we do in the post-secondary education sector. Uh, and again, during COVID, we've uh, stepped up our efforts. We're really proud of those efforts. We are, in terms of recruiting, to your question, Don, outside of MB, some specific strategies are important to highlight increasing exposure uh, to grade nine, uh, from grade nine to grade 11 students, creating more opportunities to make uh, access to for all high school students to, to become more aware of Mount Alice University. Um, well in advance of the application uh, year, building relationships with very specific student populations, for example, targeting marketing messages and outreach to Francophones. A number of Francophone students want to uh, come to Mount Allison and study English, for example, building transfer pathway programs with other post-secondary educations, looking at uh, homeschooling students, uh, first-generation students, Indigenous students, uh, BIPOC students, uh, of course, very important part of that. 
We've in invested in increasing um, use of uh, CRM, our technology for reaching out uh, for pathways, communication pathways to students around the, uh, the globe who are interested in the university. We are, of course, uh, also targeting international students who are already here in Canada. We have a number of international students who study high school uh, in our region, and we've been able to uh, successfully uh, bring them to our campus and get them excited about uh, uh, the uh, over 50 plus programs we have at Mount A. Summer pathway programs, another uh, area that we're targeting as well. We're doing some language uh, prep, cultural immersion programs, uh, welcoming students. We have uh, uh, over 25 students right now from, uh, from Korea and Japan on our campus, part of our Massey program. We're quite proud of those students and uh, long standing relationship bringing those students to Mount Allison, but also creating partnerships with other uh, universities, other educa educational partners, building what we call those two plus two programs with colleges, uh, other universities. We have, as you as you know, a great partnership with uh, an awesome international flight school uh, called the Moncton Flight College. And uh, that attracts a really high percentage of international non-New Brunswick students. And of course, and finally, you've got to provide support to students. So competitive uh, scholarships is key to recruiting students uh, from around the world. And that, of course, is also uh, supported through our fundraising efforts uh, to give students great opportunities to come to uh, a great small university in a beautiful part of the world here in Sackville, New Brunswick. So we've talked a lot about what you've been doing on the student front, but we did want to ask you a little bit about your academic focus. What makes uh, Mount Allison University different from an academic programming perspective compared to other uh, universities that students might be considering? Thanks, David. And, and uh, as you know, Mount Allison has a long history, uh, 1839 um, and counting. Uh, but it's really important to, to not rest uh, on your laurels, as I say, um, in terms of your programming. And again, uh, you know, so blessed and privileged to, to work with um, an amazing academy of faculty here and staff who help uh, to see opportunities, trends in the future for building new programs. Students, uh, frankly, vote with their feet and um, they have a lot of options in terms of selecting universities. I often um, uh, joke with uh, with parents when they come to campus uh, or you know, looking at potential uh, pathways to, to Mount A and say, we know your children, your family members have choices. I often feel like a flight attendant with Porter, Air Canada, WestJet. We know you have options, but thank you for flying with our, our institution. Uh, so academic programming is really important about thinking about, um, about the future. Again, thanks to the innovative faculty and staff, we've been building new programs and we have over 50 academic programs, but I'm really proud to highlight that uh, over 20 new ones, uh, revamped programs are being introduced in just the last three years, uh, David. And uh, those uh, really speak to need uh, for, for the region, speak to needs and interests of students, uh, interests of our faculty but also the, the employers of tomorrow. And I'm a big, strong proponent of thinking about the innovation of work and what does work look like, uh, not just today, but tomorrow. We, we like to say it nowadays, we're preparing uh, our students uh, not for a job, but for any job. And so our programs are designed to help uh, capture the future of work uh, opportunities uh, coming out of Mount Allison University and um, I think the future is bright. Um, you look at today's talent uh, coming out of uh, coming out of our universities, and uh, I'd like to think the talent coming out of this institution will make a difference uh, for many employers uh, in the region and beyond. And um, uh, I think our students are are, are making a difference, and um, they are the thought leaders of tomorrow. Are there a couple of examples of new programs that you're particularly excited about? Yeah, there's so many. Uh, health, environmental sciences. Uh, we have a new research facility that we've opened in 2019. We're really proud of that facility. Uh, arts and culture, uh, fine arts, visual material culture, museum and curatorial studies. We have the new Pierre Lassant School of Fine Arts that was announced in 2021 in the area of social sciences, for example, uh, David Growth of the Philosophy, Politics and Economics Program, or the PPE Program. Uh, which uh, was uh, supported with an announcement of the Frank McKenna School of PP&E in 2020. We are the only PP&E school uh, east of Kingston, um, Ontario, and uh, it's a unique program. 
and it's a really important uh, contributor to the public sector uh, for uh, work. Um, so, and we're growing new ones. We uh, currently have a proposal uh, in development stages at the uh, Maritime Provinces Higher Education Commission. Uh, it's on uh, computer science and music. So we love at Mount Allison to bring disciplines together. And I think uh, the future of work, to go back to one of my favorite topics, is, is going to bring people with a multiplicity of disciplines. Um, to really solve the problems of today and tomorrow, you need students with multiple ways of thinking, multiple ways of looking at a problem. And I think that kind of uh, communicative flexibility, intellectual flexibility, problem-solving skills comes from the type of mix of programs that you get from a thriving uh, liberal arts university like Mount Allison. What are your uh, research focus areas these days? What, what's, uh, what's the focus of the university when it comes to research? Well, we're, we're, we're really blessed, again, uh, having faculty uh, who, uh, as we like to say, uh, David and Matt Allison, we, we like to punch above our weight uh, in everything that we do. And I think our researchers, our faculty in the area of scholarship and creativity and discovery uh, do exactly that. Again, very strong focus uh, in the area of health and the environment, um, the arts and culture, uh, as I mentioned, and uh, humanities, social sciences. Uh, we, we really cover a wide spectrum. I mean, we are a small university, but even though you're a small university, you still need to cover off all the disciplines. And so while we don't have the large professional schools of some other institutions, um, such as in medicine or nursing uh, uh, or dental uh, or engineering, uh, in the area of the social sciences, the humanities, uh, business, culture, fine arts, uh, we do really well and we have a very robust. Uh, so, for example, uh, in this past year, David, our faculty have won over $2.5 million in external research funding with over $350,000 going directly to students' pockets. So I think that's a good example of how our faculty focus on discovery and scholarship uh, contribute to uh, our students and contribute to the growth of knowledge. Uh, and that's what a university does. As we've been finding out uh, from our uh, podcast, Jean-Paul, there's an in- increasing emphasis across the region on startup, on the startup business community with many of the new ideas coming out of universities in the region, which is great to see. Uh, I wonder, how is Mount A contributing to this trend to increase entrepreneurism across Atlantic Canada? Yeah, great, great question, Don. And I think universities, frankly, have an obligation to contribute to that. Uh, and I'm very, uh, very committed to making Mount Allison be uh, a net contributor to that space in uh, the region and certainly for New Brunswick. Uh, one of the ways we do that is through continued growth on those internships, um, experience learning opportunities uh, for students. One of a good example is our signature Reisman internship program. Uh, enable students to launch their own entrepreneurship projects. And there's been some great examples uh, from uh, building a, a, a local brewery in Sackville. You may have heard of Bagtown Brewery, for example, mm-hmm. uh, Flying Bean uh, Coffee uh, uh, Shop on campus, um, Bubble Tea. Uh, our students are involved uh, in a number of really exciting projects that bring something to the region, to the town, to the, to the economy, of course. I mentioned earlier about the uh, uh, future NB, future Wabanaki. I'm obviously quite uh, excited about um, contributing to that as a university. Um, and again, the, all the public universities and colleges uh, contribute to that. I'm uh, very proud of that work. Uh, and, you know, hats off to the government of New Brunswick for, for supporting that effort. And, um, and all levels of government have been very supportive of uh, the, the, the need to focus on experiential learning. And uh, again, our government in New Brunswick, uh, I think, is a leader uh, in the region and in Canada with regards to experiential learning. And I'm, I'm very proud to talk about that. We'll have a we'll have a strategic workshop on campus here at Mount Allison on June 22nd, uh, talking about the next phases of future future NB, future Wabanaki. So experiential key, key focus, internships, field schools, exchange programs, uh, both urban and rural and international. Um, I think those are really important ways to complement the in-class learning that our students do uh, with rigor. Um, but uh, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the, the, the opportunity to highlight the Hub for Innovation and Learning, which will feature in that space, uh, Don, uh, space for entrepreneurship, for innovation, um, which uh, will be the, the kind of uh, cross 
disciplinary opportunity for students to work shoulder to shoulder with faculty, staff, alumni, the community, uh, experts in the, in, in the field of politics, economics, uh, business, sports, uh, culture, uh, helping to build great things uh, for the learning environment, but also for the region and uh, the province. We're nearly at the end, but there's a couple of really important questions that we wanted to uh, to uh, get you to respond to. Uh, you know, you you highlighted the important role um, of smaller universities and smaller communities, and and there, that you know that means that there's a special relationship within those communities. Obviously, um, want to talk about your collaborative efforts with the town of Sackville specifically, and, and maybe even the you know the greater Moncton area, but. Uh, clearly, as a university town, the relationship between the town and the university is quite critical. Maybe you can talk a little bit about what efforts are in place to build on that sense of collaboration. Maybe uh, give us some recent examples of that collaboration, if you would. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Uh, I think uh, the relationship between Mount Allison University and the town of Sackville is the envy of many across this country. So, uh, and I'm very uh, uh, excited to, to talk about the relationship because it it's a relationship that really matters. I think the success of the university goes through the town of Sackville. The success of the town of Sackville goes through the university. Uh, so that's really important. I think some good examples, uh, Don, COVID-19 certainly response. Uh, our students, our faculty, our staff, our alumni stepped up in big ways uh, during the pandemic to, with a community commitment project to help support uh, the local community partnerships uh, around organizing testing, vaccination clinics. Uh, supporting public health measures, of course. Good Neighbors campaign, uh, encouraging connection and respect on both campus, on campus, off campus. Um, the community, uh, there was also a great uh, uh, Tantramar COVID uh, group as well that came together between the town, working with government uh, around uh, supporting uh, our seniors in particular in the region uh, with food uh, security, uh, food delivery, food care, and just engagement with uh, the community. And uh, our students uh, really, uh, during the pandemic, uh, stepped up in, in impressive ways to contribute to the community. Of course, uh, our work done uh, in collaboration with the regional Indigenous community has been important. Um, really uh, pleased to have brought uh, our new uh, elders and residents to campus this year, made a big, important difference. And, and also contributing to the training uh, and education around uh, cultural training and awareness. That's been an important part of um, that contribution. So I, I think that as a town uh, and a university, uh, they are synergistic. And uh, we uh, engage with the town. I have regular contact with our mayor and town council. They uh, see the value and uh, we see the value of being uh, linked to the town. Our students contribute to the town through volunteerism, through work. Uh, of course, bring economic impact by using the services uh, in our town. And uh, so I think it's a very synergistic relationship. And it's really one that matters and it makes a difference. And I think when people come to Sackville and see the ways in which the town and the university work together, um, I think they're very pleased and impressed. And I think that's why I think we are the envy of many um, small towns in Canada who may not have the privilege of having a university in them. Jean-Paul, there's been some challenges with the hospital in Sackville. The emergency room has had to be curtailed and the hours it's been open and so on. And there's actually been some talk about the future of that hospital um, possibly being in jeopardy or, or fundamentally changed in, in terms of what it does. Is it important to have uh, that university in the town? Is that is that an important attractor for the university? And are you working on that file at all these days? Yeah, thanks, David. I and mean, as you can imagine, it's not only a concern in terms of uh, health support to the entire community, but residents of Sackville, the larger community, uh, but to this university as well. I mean, the healthcare facility is important to us and uh, certainly is a file that I have been very focused on. Uh, Mount Allison is one of uh, one of the only universities in Canada, David, uh, and, and the only one in New Brunswick that does not have a full service New Brunswick healthcare facility within a 30-minute drive from campus. That is particularly challenging for our students. Our students, not all students have cars. And uh, we don't have a, a subway uh, system, last time I checked, uh, between Moncton and um, Sackville or between Sackville and Amherst. Uh, and there are challenges with regards to, um, a, you know, sort of getting students uh, to, to those healthcare facilities. 
Um, and again, we're really proud of the Sackville Memorial Hospital. It's a really important part of our community. Uh, we are a supporter of it, and they are a supporter of us. And again, 2,300 plus students, that's a lot of people in a community. And um, Healthcare matters. Uh, recently, Horizon Health uh, have announced their intention to, uh, to retain emergency services at Sackville Memorial. Uh, that is a very positive sign um, and uh, indication that Horizon and government stakeholders are listening to the feedback from the town and from the university. We have representatives, of course, uh, involved at the table having these discussions. And we continue to advocate uh, for um, robust uh, health care services here in our community. Um, and, and, and I've said it, and I've been very clear uh, with uh, all partners that uh, Mount Allison uh, aims to be part of the solution around health care challenges in New Brunswick. We want to be at the table. We want to contribute. And I think uh, what better place than a university to go for creative solutions uh, for healthcare challenges. And we're working very closely with government and with Horizon to bring exactly that to this community. And uh, I'm confident, I'm quite confident about the future. Just down the road, you have one of the fastest growing cities uh, east of uh, Ontario in the city of Moncton. You've got Dieppe and Riverview as well. They always take credit for Mount Allison every time they talk about their post-secondary education system. Uh, Matt Allison is right there at the top of the list. So what is the relationship these days between the university and those three municipalities in Greater Moncton? Um, is, it a, is it a strong relationship? Is there, is there, are there good uh, uh, partnership there? Thanks for the question. And uh, you must know that I'm quite proud as a Monctonian uh, to think about that relationship, but of course include uh, Review and Dieppe uh, as a key part of the Greater Moncton area. Uh, David, I'm fond of um, uh, joking with Mayor Arnold, for example. I, I said to her a few times in various uh, meetings and sessions, you know, um, Sackville uh, and Mount Allison University is so proud of, uh, of Moncton and the relationship that we have that we voted to make Moncton a suburb of Sackville. Now, um, <laughs> she, uh, she, she laughs, of course, uh, but, but seriously, we, we are, of course, we're based in beautiful Sackville, New Brunswick, but Mount Allison absolutely considers itself uh, one of the GMA's uh, universities. Uh, and, uh, and it's not far. Uh, we're just very close to, uh, to, to Moncton, of course. I have a huge fondness for Moncton. I believe Mount A is a key player in the economic engine that is Moncton. Moncton is a fast-growing economic powerhouse for this province, for this region. Uh, currently, nearly 400 students come from the Greater Moncton area in Mount A, and over 3,500 alumni are in South East New Brunswick. So it matters greatly to us. Uh, we're, of course, a key member of the Greater Moncton Chamber of Commerce. We've worked with the Chamber and their partnership with uh, the town of Sackville. And as we mentioned at the outset, uh, Sackville is number one in terms of fastest growing communities in southeast New Brunswick, according to the latest census. Um, and, you know, we're working to build uh, a presence for Mount Alice University in the Moncton area. And um, so we, again, situated in Sackville, but we're part of a really important thriving community for Southeast New Brunswick and for New Brunswick. And together we can make a great difference. Uh, just one final qu uh, question for you. Um, when I ask you, where do you see Mount Allison in five years time, Jean-Paul? Well, a great question. Uh, I, I, first of all, I'll say, uh, Don, the future of New Brunswick goes through the four public universities and the two excellent community college systems, CCNB and BCC. Uh, I think it's really important. Uh, we are collectively a really important part of the future of this province. And uh, I think I cannot state that nearly enough. And I know my colleagues at uh, Investor de Moncton, CCNB, UNB, uh, St. Thomas, um, uh, certainly uh, would, would echo that as well. Uh, in five years, well, in five years, that'll be, Don, the 187th year of our university. Uh, so uh, fast moving towards that critical 200th anniversary. Uh, our see aspirations, Don, to be one of Canada's uh, most dynamic, forward-thinking liberal arts undergraduate universities, giving students an amazing experience across a multiplicity of disciplines, um, really helping to unlock their potential. That's what I see uh, a university do, do, doing for, for young people, uh, helping to, to have those students flourish, make their impact on the world, 
uh, and be again those change makers, change leaders for tomorrow. I do see us, of course, as a thriving contributor to uh, the future of NB uh, with that, that sort of dynamic two-way partnership with all orders of government, attracting new investments to rural and southeastern New Brunswick. And finally, I see us as sustainable, a very sustainable future uh, for this university uh, and allowing Mount Allison University to take on the world as we celebrate our 200th anniversary in the year 2039. You've been listening to the latest episode of the Huddle Insights Podcast. Mark Legere helped produce this episode. You can follow the show and listen to past episodes on podcast platforms like Apple and Spotify. And if you've enjoyed listening, please recommend the show to a friend. Don and David will be back again next week. This episode of Insights was brought to you by MNP Digital, a firm that guides, protects, and empowers organizations along their digital journey. See how at mnpdigital.ca.